I don't think that I discover anything new if I tell you that we live surrounded by increasing amounts of data. The government, private organizations, NGOs, even the news media are producing tons and tons of data. Not only that, they are making those data available to the public, to anyone who is interested in downloading those data and taking a look at them and extracting stories, patterns, and trends from those data. In the past, the situation was quite different. 10, 20 years ago, these vast amounts of data were only available to specialists, to scientists, and to statisticians. But today, in the present day, any of us in this room can take these data and take advantage of those. But this situation may create a little bit of anxiety because we, the general public, any regular citizen, we are not really prepared to deal with this data. We don't learn in school, for example, how to process vast amounts of data, like we have on the, on the screen right now in this beautiful illustration by my friend Nigel Holmes, the designer Nigel Holmes. He represents himself as a regular citizen, as a graphic designer, who faces that avalanche of data coming down from a truck. How can we face this situation? How can we take advantage of these vast amounts of data? The answer may be, one of the possible answers may be data visualization. Data visualization consists of getting these huge amounts of numbers and transforming them into maps, statistical charts, animations, infographics that we can use to extract patterns, trends, and stories from the data. You may begin with a big data set of, for instance, temperatures all over the world, and it will be impossible for any of you, or at least it is impossible for me, to understand anything in this spreadsheet, right? But then suddenly, when you take these historical records of global temperatures and you transform them into a line chart, for instance, suddenly you start seeing the trends and patterns in the data. You will be able to see that in the past, up to the 19th century, global temperatures remain more or less stable. But then right after, right after the Industrial Revolution at the beginning of the 19th century, global temperatures started spiking up very, very sharply. That is a kind of pattern that you cannot see, that we cannot see, unless that we visualize those data. We transform those numbers into graphic forms that people can understand, that you or I can understand. Now, in the past, the tools and the techniques that were used to create data visualization were expensive and were hard to learn and hard to use. But today, the situation is quite different. Today, anyone, everyone, can take advantage of data visualization to discover interesting stories in, in, in data and to learn more about the world that surrounds us. And in order to, to explain this story, in order to explain this idea, I'm going to tell you something really personal, a really personal story that I believe illustrates how we can get data and understand our neighborhood, our city, our state, or our country, or even our world. I moved to Miami, here to Miami, in 2012, and I have children. And one of the things that I wanted to learn when I moved to Miami, I live in an area called Kendall, in southern Miami, in a small neighborhood called The Crossings, one of the things that I wanted to learn about the area where I was going to live, where I, I, I was renting a house, was the quality of schools, obviously, the quality of the public schools that my, chil my children were going to attend. 
Fortunately, in order to learn about the quality of schools in Miami or in any other city in the United States, you can go online. For instance, you can go to the Miami-Dade school system website and download several data sets. There is a school grade that the uh, Miami-Dade County assigns to every school in the county. It's an A, B, C, D. But then more interestingly, we can also learn about what amount, what percent of students on each one of these schools read well, and what percentage of students can do math at the appropriate level, at the level where they are right now. I thought that this data set was incredibly interesting, not only because it let me see, it allowed me to see the relative quality of the schools in the area where I live, but also because it was the opportunity, an opportunity to test something that I had heard about Miami-Dade County a while ago, which is that the county, this county, is a quite unequal county, not only in terms of income, but also in terms of school quality. That was a story that I heard from people who have lived in Miami for quite a while. This was the perfect opportunity for me to test if that idea that I had heard from friends and colleagues was true or not. I went online and I started using a free open source tool called Yeroon. Yeroon is just one of, the many, one of the many data visualization tools available online nowadays. And it's completely free. Anybody can use it. So the way that Yeroon works is that you open it online, you go to online, you open Yeroon's website, and then you upload your data, upload your file. I had a data set downloaded from Miami-Dade County website. I uploaded that data set, and it displayed that data set over here. All right? And then I told the software, well, right now, I want you to plot, to create a plot based on this data. You're going to create a chart for me in which it's going to have an x-axis and a y-axis, a horizontal axis and a vertical axis. On one of the axes, I want you to put the percent of students who could read well in 2013. And right after that, on the other axis, I want you to put the percent of students who could do math at the appropriate level. And then after that, I told the software what kind of chart I wanted. The kind of chart that I wanted is called, in the professional jargon, a scatter plot, which is a, a, a chart that lets you see the relationship between two different variables. And that was the result. That's the scatter plot. As I said before, on the horizontal axis, we have the percent of students who can read well or who could read well in 2013. Each one of the dots represents a school. So the further to the right a school is, the larger the percent of students could read well in that school. And then the vertical axis is the percent of students who could do math well. That means that the higher one of those schools is on the y-axis, the larger the percent of students that could do math at the appropriate level. And what the chart reveals is that there's a very close relationship between percent of students who can read well and percent of students who can do math well. That is hardly surprising, right? Because we may you know, assume that if a school has you know, a large amount of students who can read well, if they teach those students to read well, it could also teach them to do math well. That was not that interesting, right? What was interesting is what happened when I told the software to not show me all the schools together on a, single, on a single chart, but to divide the schools by board district. Because Miami-Dade is divided by nine board districts geographically. The, uh, the area of Miami-Dade is divided into nine board districts. So I asked myself, would it be 
differences, noticeable differences between the different board districts in Miami-Dade. And actually the board district was one of the variables that we had before in the data set. And here's what happened when I told the software to divide the data up by board districts. The differences become absolutely visible. Each one of those little scatter plots represents all the schools into a single board district. There are nine board districts in Miami-Dade. One, two, three, four, up to nine. Those are the nine board districts. Most schools in board district number one are on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of reading and on the lower end of the spectrum in terms of math. Less than 50% of the students in that board district, in the schools of that board district, read well, and fewer than 50% of the students in that district also do math well, with one exception. That's an interesting exception in the data. That is a kind of pattern and trend that we will be able to see only when we visualize the data. And something similar happens on board district number two. Most students in those schools are not performing really well in terms of reading or in terms of math, or, or math either. Okay, so these board districts, for some reason, students in most of those schools are not reading well, are not, not, are not doing math well. Let's take a look at another two districts here in Miami. Board district number three and board district number six. Board district number three, for example, Students in those schools are on the upper range of the spectrum. More than 50% of the students in most of those schools read well, and more than 50% of the students in those schools also do math well. Interesting. And board district number six, this is a very, very special case. Because in board district number six, schools are very spread out. You have schools in which students read well and do math well, and on the lower left of the spectrum, you have schools in which students don't read that well and don't do math that well. That was quite, quite revealing to me. And it was more revealing, even more so, when I actually compared these scatter plots, these charts, with the geographic location of each one of those board districts, and when I overlaid a map of the board districts, on top of a map of income in Miami, in, the, in Miami-Dade County. Because there is a very strong relationship between schools in which students don't perform well and low income. Board districts number one and board district number two are located in areas that have relatively low incomes. Board district number three, that board district in which most schools have students who perform well in reading and in math, that's Miami Beach. And more interestingly, the, school, the board district, board district number six, in which the schools are very spread out. You have good students or students who perform well over here, schools in which students don't perform that well down here. That is the board district that includes places like Coconut Grove and Key Biscayne. But then what happens in that specific board district, board district number six? There is a, there is a strip of land over there that is Coconut Grove with very, very high income. And then on the other side of something, there is an area of very, very low income. That sharp divide that occurs over there is marked by US-1. On one side of US-1, you have Coconut Grove, and then on the other side of US-1, uh, you have a low-income neighborhood. Have we discovered that low income leads to bad schools? We haven't, because it may well happen that the fact that many of these students are performing worse 
or better, is not really related to their income. It's related more to how the parents in these places support their students. But we have, in terms of helping them do the homework, for example, or reading them at night, or helping them understand math better, we have not really discovered causality, a causal relationship between income and um, a school quality. But what we have discovered is that Indeed, there are stark inequalities in terms of school quality in Miami-Dade. What we have done is to confirm the idea that I had heard from one of my, from, from my, from my colleagues when I moved to Miami-Dade for the first time. And this is the power of data visualization. The power of data visualization is that it may help us confirm something that we hear about, but it can also help us refute things that may not be true, things that many people believe are true but may not end up being true once you take a look at the data. So my message to you today is that whenever you hear an assertion, whenever you hear someone say something that may be tested using, scientifically using a data, go ahead and try to find the data, download it, put it in your computer, and then use one of the many open source tools available out there in order to test those ideas, to see if they are right or they are wrong. I believe that if more and more of us start doing this, we will be able to create a more understandable world. Because once you have created those graphics, like the charts and the maps that you have created, you can use them not only for yourself, you can also publish them and explain, explain these ideas to your friends, to your colleagues, or even to your family. So I would say, now it is not my turn. Now it is your turn to start using data visualization to understand the world a little bit better. Thank you very much. Thank you.